And um, so we kind of concentrated. <laughs> I tried to concentrate on that instead. <laughs> so the birthday is All Saints Day. That are, oh, I, I love knowing that. That's really kind of cool. And I also love knowing a little bit more about you through your cousin, Eileen. Yeah. yeah. Who I met last week at a reception for the Foundation for Boyertown Education. And she was so happy to say, so you're working with my cousin. And I said, what? And she <laughs> know that you were related. I to thought you had known that because didn't we already talk about her dad? Her dad is, what's his Did name? Bill, William Bernhard. Billy. Oh my God. Did he graduate with me? He um he's older than my mom and and Jody who you know from uh two weeks ago, if not longer, um also is older than my mom. Mom's number three, and then Bobby or Uncle Bo is number four. Yeah, I think we graduated together, Bill Bernhardt. Yeah. I Jody's not- actually the oldest. I Yeah, Jody's did- actually the oldest. Did not know that Eileen was wow. That's really kind of cool. But she said you were a rebel in the family. Me? Uh, well, so this, I, I think what she's getting at is um, <laughs> we talked about this. You and I actually uh, about you know sexuality. Um. In that uh, I was already in a town filled with baseball players. Yes, you were. A baseball baseball umpire. Yes. And in a family filled with hockey players, a hockey referee. Yeah. Why would I want to be any more different? Right. So it's not a choice. But, you know, she also said, which which was lovely. She also said that that you had paved the way, in a sense, for other family members who were in either in the process or have recently come out. Her daughter. Exactly. Yeah. And so she is feeling very grateful for the work you put into it to make her daughter's life a little bit easier. And I told nice. her I said, one of the things one of the things that I recognize about you and love about you is the fact that you are you're you you're confident in who you are and you don't you're not making apologies to anybody I mean, yeah but that you would and, not she also confirmed that you would not be coming back to Boyertown to live not to live no I, I like the weather <laughs> even even a category four hurricane is not scaring me away <laughs> um you've got a pretty so, good down there it seems to me so yeah um I I wish it was I love the small town, <clears throat> and that's one of the things that I like visiting about Boyertown, mm-hmm. about Boyertown, visit, visiting to back to Boyertown, is that I can jump right in and pick up where I left off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, pretty neat. it's a pretty neat little place, but it's a, it's a tough place to live because somebody yep. else was telling me, unless you were born and raised here, you're always a stranger. So yeah, saying that I'll never be, I'll never be a, a local. 
Oh, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. You will always be a local. Yeah. No, you will. No, you will always be a local. But no, no, no. I mean, I mean, down here. Okay. Right. In, in Florida, is- I'll never be. I'll oh, never yeah. be from here. Yeah. But. And I don't care about there, that. I mean, I, I've been from all over. Is there. But isn't there because Florida is such a state for snowbirds, isn't it more accepting than Boyertown, for example, of people who move into the community into Florida? <sighs> no. <laughs> no. 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 The snowbirds try to squeeze their way in, uh, as do the. Uh, I'll use this word because it's going to piss a lot of them off. Uh, migrants, you know, oh. people like me who have moved here permanently, permanently from somewhere else. I'm not a snowbird because right. I'm here all year. Are you but considered I, a migrant with all the negative? I, so I, that's why I said that. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, um, and that I, I think the people who are born here have just as much resentment no kidding because people talk about i I mean i I live off of a mile yeah a little over a mile away from the most dangerous pedestrian highway in the country there is no highway in the country that has more pedestrian fatalities than us 19 right here in pasco county oh we had three in one weekend Wow. Just just a month or two ago. And why is that? And uh because Florida's made up of stupid people. <laughs> they they drive oh. right past the sign that says no golf carts beyond this point. Oh, and and, and mean, try to I, take their $10,000 golf cart across highways that have 60 mile an hour traffic on it. Oh my god. You mean and I, they're, I are, they to, always, are they usually old these stupid people? No, actually, no. Um, I think some of them are the migrants that you know, that I talked about, but white migrants like me, okay. um, who can spend money. I, I, I'm kind of fascinated with that. This is a very rural, no, not rural, residential area. Okay, it's not like it's um, Dewey Beach or Rehoboth, okay, or you know, houses that you know are on just off of a two block off of Philadelphia Avenue. Okay. Or like a Bally. Yep. 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 It is a very large presidential estates. Okay. So that mile away, the highway, that's the closest grocery store. And people like to drive their golf courts, golf carts, as opposed to their cars to the grocery store. Really? You're going to spend $10,000 on a souped-up golf cart to go grocery shopping? (laughs) Tell me again how you're saving money. (laughs) Those golf carts, have you been been to the villages? Yes, I I have, Drip, because uh, the, the two ramps that are out back for my jet skis, one of them came from a dealer just east northeast i think of the villages so we had to go through there to get it that is an experience but that's a community you would have a golf cart in oh because you've got other you've got other friends you know in your age bracket that you're actually going to hang out with 
Yep. At I mean, 52 it, years old, I promise you, I am the youngest retiree in this neighborhood. <laughs> I see. I'm starting um, to get a picture. You mean, um, and, and all of your neighbors have jet skis, right? Jet, um, so because if you can picture this, it's that mile long road that I uh, told you, it's actually about a mile and a, and a quarter. Um, I'm about two thirds of the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Um, it, so it's a, it's a long straight, like Philadelphia Avenue. Okay. And then there's a bunch of dead end streets that go in both directions. Yep. I hear you. Okay. And then in between the streets are canals. Okay. That are on the outside connecting to, I got to get it, stay in my camera, connecting to the Gulf of Mexico. Gotcha. So while Sea Ranch Boulevard or whatever it is goes east west and connects to 19 hey the Jana. canals i think we've got i think we have a guest hi we hey, do Jana. anyway welcome i'm jane stahl and i'm yergs and this is both sides now welcome and today welcome we have a guest uh, another welcome to donna you savage from boyertown forward did i get is it forward boyertown which one <laughs> boyertown forward Boyertown Forward. Okay, so very similar to the national campaign. Uh, Donna and I talked about that a couple months ago. But Donna, go ahead. Tell us what what else about uh, Boyertown Forward. Yeah, so um, I've built my passion around public education over time um, as a parent and then as a volunteer in schools and then as serving on the school board at Boyertown for 10 years. Um, and as and as that time went by, I my passion just grew and grew, especially as I realized that public education is the only entity in the United States that's required by law to meet the needs of every student, no matter what. You can fill in any blank you want. Private schools, religious schools can and do discriminate because that's their mission, whether people can pay, whether they have special education needs, disabilities, not the right religion, etc., so um, I started getting people together when I realized what the stakes were uh, based on who we, what our board is starting to become. And we ended up forming a political action committee or a PAC called Boyertown Forward. So the way we describe ourselves, and I'm actually going to read it from our card because I think it's the best description, is we are, <laughs> <laughs> we're a nonpartisan team. We support candidates no matter what party, as long as they have the same feelings about public education as we do, that are high quality and pro-public education candidates that bring no political agendas to the table, and they're committed to the educational needs of all of our community's children. So in a nutshell, that's Boyertown Forward. Okay. Okay. Now, but you, uh, there is, it seems to me, an aspect that you have neglected to mention so far, and that is that you became a political action committee because you were unhappy with what is going on in our current school board, in their direction, in the, in, in the manner in which they conduct themselves at meetings and also their policies. Am I right about that? Yeah. So a couple of things there. One is um, there's always a struggle between the balance of um, managing our community's taxpayer dollars well and meeting the needs of the children. 
because of the way that our state funds public education, Pennsylvania is one of the worst states for doing that. What do you mean? They The share of uh, funding that the state gives to our public education system in Pennsylvania is one of the lowest in all of the United States. Now, I remember, because I'm old in this game, I can remember when people were yelling and saying, oh, my God, they cut the funding from the state. It used to be, I think, like 39, maybe it was 50 percent. What is it now? I think when uh, our our public education system was first codified in the 50s, it was 50 percent. And now it's r- slightly above 30. There you go. That's what I remember then when they cut it from 50 Right. So it's always good to have a a variety of perspectives on the board. Um, Those that are really understanding the needs of the district and the the needs of the children and those thinking about taxpayer dollars. And sometimes you find a person that can balance those two well, but we often get, you know, people geared one side or the other side. Right now, the board is about eight people thinking about our taxpayer dollars with very little consideration for um, for what the children need. And that's out of nine people in Pennsylvania. There's nine board members. Well, what do you think those eight people are ignoring? That's a lot. Eight out of nine? Holy cow. Concentrated or focused on fiscal responsibility as opposed to what the children need? Yes. Exactly. So what what are they ignoring? What are they not paying enough attention to? Well, I think they're listening to the national narrative from the far right. And um, in addition to saying that, um, you know, the school's going to take away your property because you won't be able to pay your taxes, that kind of narrative. Now they're starting to bring in the conspiracy theories, like don't trust your school. They're trying to indoctrinate your children. I got firsthand knowledge of that. Uh, I'm down in rural Florida, just outside Tampa. And for the two years that I've been here has been uh, the end of his first and beginning of his second term as governor. And that's mm-hmm. uh, Ron DeSantis, yeah. uh, essentially one of the founders of sorts of Moms for Liberty. And what I mean by that is his ideologies met with theirs. And yeah. he, he was one of the first to be endorsed by the Florida based group. And that's where that organizations founded. Right. So I'm presuming that's who's behind a lot of the movements in Boyertown. A lot of it. There are a couple others. Um, At this point, our six opponents, so there are six positions up for election. Um, Our six opponents are all uh, supported publicly by at least one group that is considered a hate group through the Southern Poverty Law Center, one being Moms for Liberty and the other being Burke's Patriots. So some of them are supported by both of them and some are supported by one of them. But every one of them is supported by a hate group at this point. Anytime any and this is my political science degree talking uh, in addition to the 21 years in federal government with the Secret Service. Anytime any group comes along and they use some uh, adjective (laughs) such as liberty or patriot that's exactly what they're not. And that is, and in fact, you know, some of it's well-intentioned, actually. These people are so passionate that they don't use reason. 
like I, I said, in uh, I did a video when you and I first talked, Donna, uh, about Moms for Liberty, and I'm about to update that this week. Most of the people, Moms for Liberty, this patriot, that patriot, proud boy, whatever, are fascist. And I'm not saying that to just give them some slanderous label. I'm saying that as a political scientist. Mm -hmm. That is exactly how the Nazi party started, was by banning books and rallying people who felt disenfranchised. And let's not forget the fact that Adolf Hitler was elected to be the chancellor of Germany before immediately putting people that opposed him in jail. Now let's ask ourselves, does any of that sound like somebody else we've been hearing from? <laughs> now and again. Now and again. But yeah. let's get back let's get back down to your concerns about the school district and these eight out of nine school board members that are supported by hate group. Well so you talk that, about conspiracy theories. You want to talk about something else that concerns you? Yeah. Or I wanted to clarify that. So the current board is um, eight of the nine are really um, taxpayer focused and not so student focused. Now we okay. have six seats up for reelection of our opponents. We have six candidates we're supporting of our opponents. All six of them are supported by one or more hate groups. So I just wanted to clarify that. The people on the board currently, some are and some aren't. The incumbents, some of them are. But I just wanted to clarify that, what you said. Okay. Um, but yes, we should all be concerned because these, um, a couple of the incumbents are actually talking um, pretty much out of the Moms for Liberty playbook. So, and I say yeah. that knowing that there really is one. There's, there's, uh, oh, yeah. there's leaked video from the Philadelphia National Summit that they had with Pennsylvania, I understand, being their second target after Florida, Yergs. Um, <laughs> and, yep. um, and they talk about, you know, when you get elected. Here's how you start causing chaos in January. Here's how you start causing chaos in February and March. And it's like step by step. And I've also seen a, um, a back to school parent toolkit. And I read through that. And I think the most concerning thing that I saw in there, and I'm quoting, protect your child from mental health professionals. Okay. <laughs> so why? <laughs> because they're going to indoctrinate your children, apparently, according uh, to the Moms for Liberty. Uh, because Sunday school doesn't do that, right? So in there, they talk about the American, <laughs> the American School Counselors Association, that they're all in this conspiracy too. And what I and okay. So yeah. not to circle back to this issue, and, and I'll say it and leave it because it'll just illustrate a point, then I'll let it go. But Hitler said, the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. <laughs> and that is exactly what all of these far right, I'm not for far right or far left. You know, I'm for finding what I know the national level of forward 
does, and that's reach across aisles and provide a happy medium. And that it sounds exactly like what Donna's talking about when she put together Boyertown Forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's blatant lies. I just listened as uh, I don't know, Donna, if you're seeing our screens and if you can see right above my head is the words Yerg's radio. Yes. Uh, I started an Internet radio station like Jane. One of the other presenters and, and, and podcasters on the station is a guy who is studying outrage. And in fact, he's going to be a guest of ours uh, in next week's episodes. And the the two things he said is that the, the biggest hypocrisies are that they believe their lies and don't believe the opposing truths. And my question for you, Donna, is one of the things he suggested to persuade these people Here we go. is first getting somebody, and, and you actually mentioned it with the Philadelphia thing, first getting somebody from their inside. Because remember, these people that support groups like this are the disenfranchised that want it to be accepted in the first place. Mm-hmm. How can we tell them that it's really better, greener grass on the other side? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what kind of I wanted to get to in this episode is what are we doing about it? Exactly. What do you, yes. what do you suggest would be helpful I mean, having coffee with these people to say, tell me what it is you believe in, how you came to believe that. Do you think that that's helpful? That's a good question. I know one thing we're doing on the other side is on our Facebook page, which is open to anyone, we're asking questions like, hey, what do you think is, what defines success for your child? What are the strengths of Boyertown? What would you change at Boyertown? And what we're hearing are uh, strengths are our amazing teachers. That was like really, really um, strong over anything else people said about the strengths of Boyertown. And um, when we think about concerns, we're hearing about class size. We're hearing about limited offerings of classes. We're hearing about the time kids spend in study halls or miss their specials because uh, they couldn't find a substitute teacher for the teacher that's out. And so they put them all in the in the auditorium at the high school and they sit there um, with their Chromebooks. I don't know exactly what they do. Um, and those are the concerns. Nobody is posting things about indoctrination or pornography in our schools. That's not what our parents are thinking about, apparently. Nobody's posting that. But somehow... This other side really gets the attention and mostly the attention of the people who vote. So I can tell you exactly how that all starts. And and nothing that you just told me is surprising. The parents have their thumb on a pulse or their finger on a pulse. And everything that they've said that, that they've praised and expressed concerns about are accurate. And it goes back to what I said a moment ago. Lies. But more importantly, fear. Yes. Yes. And, and that's that, conspiracy. And that, yep. And that whole, as we've talked about before, and that whole addiction to being yes. outraged. It's just yes. so, it's so much easier to do that than to solve a problem or to investigate what's really going on. It's so much easier to 
believe the lies and then be outraged about it. So what I want to do is figure out what to do to counter the lies, to create the truth. And while I really, really respect the fact that you have established an alternate group, Boyertown Forward, you know, it seems to me, are we doing any, any bridging? Of- I was just going to get to that. Go ahead. Donna, when you and I talked a couple months ago, you mentioned, I think, about a neighbor who put one of their signs in the yard. And you confronted that neighbor politely and explained better to that neighbor about Moms for Liberty. Mm-hmm. And you told me the neighbor's response was, was, but she was so nice. What has your relationship with that neighbor been since? Mm-hmm. And have you convinced that neighbor that maybe they're not as nice as what they're coming off as? My relationship with that person is very friendly, but I'm not sure I've convinced that person. I'm not, I, I, I don't know the answer to your question, Jane. I think the people who don't have their finger on the pulse of what's going on are the ones that are most easily uh, taken up with these conspiracy theories. And when we look at vote, I mean, the one way to counter is, is to get the better people on the board. Right. But, how do we? Right, and that's what you're doing, and that's yes. what we're trying to do. Um, right. right. But what we see in the voter data is that people over fifty vote at twice the rate of people under fifty. So, right, parent age people are not getting properly represented at the polls unless they get out to vote. So, one thing we're doing is trying to really reach out to that group and and express why they should be concerned, but how to counter the folks that are already believing this moms for liberty and conspiracy stuff i we really don't have an answer right right so it's i got a couple right. of suggestions sure one of the things that you just said makes sense school districts in pennsylvania i'm going to make a generalization generalized statement but but add to it or correct it if necessary School districts in Pennsylvania are who adjusts and and um, assigns property taxes. Is that right? Yes, correct. Older people are going to be the most concerned about that bottom line. Yes. So when you said that eight out of the nine members of the school board are property tax oriented, that's who those older people are going to be concerned with, or voting for, or at least examining. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I would say that while you're looking at needs of the students, property taxes and and that that bottom line needs to be on their uh, platform as well. The next thing is, and it's changing. Um, I'm and while this demographic won't exactly be who you're looking for, but the point is, younger voters are starting to come out. I know I see on social media a huge representation from Generation Z. Now, perhaps they're not exactly parents yet, uh, but I, I think if you start the reach, the outreach now, you will have a base in the future. I love that idea. And and we know, you know, whatever happens in this election, it's probably going to take a couple cycles to be successful, to be fully successful in what we're trying to achieve. And that could be in either direction. 
That's true. Just because you have a sweeping win now doesn't mean the next one is going to be in your favor. True. So, yeah. So, um, I was thinking, you know, what in terms of how to address the issue is, you know, not that I could do anything at the studio because as you and I have talked about before, Studio B is a 501c3 and has to stay out of the political arena. I can't afford to be part of it, but it seems to me that holding kind of discussions, whether they be Zoom discussions or in-person discussions or luncheon receptions or Saturday afternoon workshops or whatever, to talk about why do we want to ban books? I mean, I tried that at Studio B in a very, you know, in a very non-threatening way, just as a way to look at literature. Mm -hmm. But to get more edgy about the issues that are running around, like, you know, should we trust our therapists, you know, and invite people to come in and talk about that and invite the, you know, the school counselors to come in and talk about their experiences and tell their stories and, all that. I wonder if there's a place and a time to address those things, those hot button issues that Moms for Liberty are, you know, are garnering votes around. That was a terribly, terrible constructed sentence. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But to hold discussions, you know, invite people who are, you know, maybe outraged to come and listen to, you know, to to allow them to vent, first of all, because I think that's really important, to allow them to vent a little bit and then allow them to get to know why you're doing what you're doing or why their positions are concerning or what the history is or telling stories about why we shouldn't be banning books or why we should be teaching real history in schools, which people are calling calling CRT. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to get together? Is there a way to, you know, to develop discussion groups about some of these issues that would bring people out to kind of, uh, what do you say, um, um, uh, address the lies, as Ross calls them. Yeah. Yeah. Just an idea. Just an idea. Um, I think that's a great idea. And I think what might be key to getting something like that started is having someone seen as in the middle or not far left or far right. And in this divisive world, that's really hard. Like I'm already labeled because I support these six candidates. So if I set up something, do you know anybody like that? (laughs) Are you coming to Boyertown? I mean, just just hypothetically, what if they're, what if they had a podcast called up the middle? (laughs) Well, we need, we need you over Thanksgiving. That's what you're going to do. Huh? So, so a couple of things about that the schedule. And I would very much love to help with this project. Um, and I do actually have an opportunity for Donna to address some of the critical issues. And she just mentioned one of them, but uh, if, if I could moderate or, um, uh, host, uh, even if it has to be virtually, because I know election day is in two weeks from tomorrow. Is that right? Oh yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would have to do it virtually. If there's anything we can do still after the fact, I will be there from the night of the 21st 
over Thanksgiving to Sunday afternoon. So I'd have some availability perhaps on Saturday, Friday, and Wednesday uh, if you wanted to schedule something in person. And I know, Jane, you and I already have something scheduled in person. We just yeah. don't have a date yet. We're going to do some recording then, too. And maybe this could be it. Um, it could but, be the start. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think a very non-threatening way to start the conversation is something you were getting to, Ross, and that was, um, I mean, you didn't really say it, but I was hearing this, uh, that how our community and our schools are inextricably related. And if our schools go downhill, it it does hurt our property values. It hurts our entire exactly. community. It hurts our business yes. community and vice versa. So if we can really help people understand that if they care about their property taxes, they should really be caring about the quality of our schools. You know, and yeah, that's a great, that's a great hook. <clears throat> we have, yeah, we should work on that a little bit. Yep. That's a great and, hook. And I can give you a perfect example of that personal with facts as they need to be. Yep. My house is what Jane and I were talking, you know, before you signed on, Donna, is on the water. Mm -hmm. I have a dead end street that connects to a longer street that takes us to the mainland of Florida. Uh, I'm on a small peninsula of sorts, but I have a dead end street in the front of my house and a dead end canal with jet skis sitting on it in the back of my house. Three beds, two baths, one car garage. In a similar neighborhood in Los Angeles, Marina del Rey. That's a $3.2 million house. An hour away down in St. Pete, it's a $1.8 million house. I bought this house for $450,000. Not just because of location, but because about three miles away is one of the worst high schools in the state. Wow. Yeah, it matters. It matters. It matters. And, you know, Donna, that's, we need to think about that a little bit more, you know, getting that word out. Because I know that one of the things when I was involved in teacher contracts decades ago now, uh, one of the talking points was about how important it is to keep our schools quality schools because of a property value. Absolutely. Yep. So tell us some more. Donna, about some of your concerns relative to either what's happening in the school board now or tell us more about the candidates you're supporting. Uh, what distinguishes them from those from their competitors? Yeah, I think I do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I just I just published a blog on our website. I think it was just published today about death of a thousand cuts. So you know, the concept that you can make small cuts and nobody really notices and it's not very painful, but at some point you're bleeding out, right? And right. Um, the point of the article was kind of looking back, I don't know, about 15, 20 years and saying, what did our school provide? What did it look like? And what is it now? And as people read that, some folks with the younger kids were like, wait, your kids had all that stuff? And kids with older kids, graduates were like, wait, they don't have that stuff anymore. 
and just and what are we talk what exactly are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about class sizes. We're talking about specials like music, art, and PE. So when our kids were in school every, and counselors and librarians, every school, every elementary school, we have uh, six elementary schools, um, had their own staff of those people. Now those people travel around between schools and often kids in addition miss those specials because of the teacher shortage when they can't find a sub, they call on those special teachers to cover the regular classrooms. So kids are missing this really important stuff at the early ages. And then and then um, at the middle school, uh, there's no longer world language. So we are one of the only school districts, again, we used to be. And we got we put world language in middle school and it's gone again. Um, that does not have world language. They got rid of... Um, FCS, which in our old world was called HOMEC, <laughs> but family and consumer sciences, they don't have that at the middle school. And one of Are you kidding me? Yeah. What? And one of our middle schools has a planetarium, and we used to have a planetarium and a planetarium director. When he retired- Pete Detterline. Pete Detterline. Yes. Pete Detterline. So Pete, yeah. Pete Detterline retired and moved away from our community. And you remember- probably going to that planetarium when you were in elementary yes. school, when you were in junior high, when you were in high school and outside community groups used it. It sits unused now. Pete Detterline retired. Yes. They didn't replace him and it sits unused. Yes. And then I already said at the high school how um, the kid. And Les King before him. Oh, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and then at the high school, I already mentioned the kids sitting in these really large study halls when they can't find subs for their classrooms. And that's horrible. It's really horrible. Um, and I had another thing about the high school, which it's not coming to my mind right now. Oh, the offerings of classes. So they used to offer a lot of AP classes um, and, you know, yes. special electives. And they still do. But what has changed is when my kids were in school, if they couldn't get like 16 kids signed up, they wouldn't run the class. Now, right. if they can't get a full class, like 20 something, they won't run the class. So they're often not running a lot of these electives. They're in the program of studies, but then depending on how many kids sign up, they, they don't run the class and they just don't have the staff to do it. Well, let me ask you this also. I mean, I would imagine that private schools are, uh, what do you say, attracting students away from Boyertown Public School. Do you see that? And the cyber school opportunities, do you see a lot of that? I think so. I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of kids went to cyber charter schools and pretty understandably because those schools already knew how to do school cyber right right, right? um right sure. but i think the schools are having a little bit of trouble getting them back and um boyertown has its own cyber charter um, right. and they're trying to advertise it um i think there's been some challenges getting people back to that um yeah so i do think there's been an exodus it's been a little bit hard to get data and information about that um besides the cyber charter we know that we're spending i don't I might be off on this, but I know at least one year, $5 million toward the cyber charters for the kids that choose to go there. 
Right, right. Now you and I. So have- is that a good thing, though? If they're still in, if if it's a charter that's still part of the Boyertown school district, is that actually making life easier on the school district and the faculty, or is that a bigger challenge? That's a great question. So if they choose the Boyertown Cyber Charter School, it's a good thing, assuming it's a good choice for that child. It's a good thing for the school district because it doesn't cost the district as much to educate a child through cyber as it does through brick and mortar schools. But if they choose an outside cyber charter school, which is really what happens most of the time, the way that Pennsylvania works is that when when a child chooses that cyber charter school, the school pays that cyber charter what it costs that school to educate the child. So some some districts pay $26,000 to a cyber charter school for a child. Others pay eight. Per child. Per child. $26,000 per child. And what kind of real estate taxes are collected from that family per child? That's one of the things that blew my mind Some uh, when I had... Uh, uh, an administrator come in and talk to my students about that fact. It's like, what are we paying per, what are, what are, what's the cost per child? What's the cost per student right now? Yeah, I think it's, um, I might, this might be low. It, it might be 13,000 or it might be a little more than that for a regular ed be, child. When I was teaching, it was, it was close to 7,000 at that point. Yeah. That was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. But if you're per child bringing in, let's say thirteen thousand, and it's costing twenty six thousand, that's a really big hit. Yeah. Well, the, what blow on the school district's budget, right? And what blow this is. And people need to understand that this is a- that sending kids, sending kids to private school, sending them to s- private tr- cyber school, is really draining the budget of public education. And that's what Moms for Liberty and the other groups are trying to do is to destroy public education. I don't quite understand why. Uh, I'll tell you exactly why. Yeah, I know you will. It's it's faith-based and it's about power and control. It's not about education. You're talking about the founders of Moms for Education that are two, four, just like Donna, two former school board members that got kicked off the school board. Now, why do you think that happened? It wasn't because they brought lemons instead of oranges to the soccer game. (laughs) Yes, they probably wanted to bring their particular religion into the schools and take away somebody else's ability to learn something else. I don't know. It's it's the same people that want to tell, and I'm all for the Second Amendment. I'm I got more guns than most of those barrel sucking knuckleheads. <laughs> but it's people who are all for the Second Amendment and don't care about the other nine in the Bill of Rights mm. until it's affected them. They want to have free speech until the and I've walked the halls of this local high school. Uh, I've seen, you know, the, the crates that are used at Freycon orchards mm-hmm. to harvest, you know, fruit. I've seen crates that large, what seemed to be like the identical type of crate lining the hallways filled with books about Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. and Jackie Robinson. 
Now, what does that tell you about Boyertown? When one of history's most famous baseball players is being whitewashed and eliminated from the education process. This is nothing about indoctrination. This is about indoctrination. (laughs) Yeah. Donna, I cut you off. I apologize. And I can't remember where we were going or where you were going with your commentary, but I apologize for that. Well, I think I was going to talk about how at the state level, the funding formula, the way the funding works for the cyber charters is really out of whack because every school gives the cyber charter what it costs that school to educate the child, regardless of what it costs that cyber school to educate the child. So they're very profit-based and um, it's, and there's no accountability. The state put no accountability measures in place for those schools. We know in general, they fail very often and on average perform much lower than public brick and mortar, mortar schools in Pennsylvania. But other than that, it's hard to know where the money goes. Um, a recent investigation just showed like, a serious amount of the money that we send to those cyber charter schools is paid to advertise for those cyber charter schools. Right. So that's, that was just like an an aside about cyber charter and the funding concerns. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I think every parent should make their decision for what their child needs and whether that's a private school or religious school um, a boarding school, a public school, a cyber school, what they should make the best choice for their child. But as a community, we should be supporting public education because it is about our community and all of our children. Right. And our real estate value, <laughs> getting back to that. But yeah. I also, you know, you, you, you talked about the importance of parent involvement. That was something that I remember each of the candidates. And I, I know there's a lot of talk out there about how parents want to be involved in their children's education and how schools are not allowing parents to be involved. And I just need to underscore what a lie that is. We begged as teachers when I was teaching for parents to be Mm -hmm. involved. Parents as partners, really, really important. We cheered when parents came to conferences, when parents were involved in this, that, and the other thing. Never have parents been discouraged from being part of their children's education. That needs to be out there too, again and again, over and over, because that's one of the biggest lies that Moms for Liberty put out there. Yeah. And as a parent, I can say that too. Whenever I, I went to every conference for all three of my kids and I, and the teachers often would say, I wish more people would come only, right. you know, only a handful signed up for these conferences and maybe the ones right. I really need to talk to aren't signing up. Um, and if you look yep. at our policies, there are policies in place for seeing the curriculum, for exempting your kids from things you don't want them to see, for challenging right. a book. All of those things exist So the fact that when people say that parents are locked out of schools and what their kids are learning and that they're being indoctrinated behind closed doors, it's just a false narrative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that uh, uh, when we, in the next two weeks, I hope less than that, I would love to take part on whatever level you see appropriate, Donna and Jane. 
uh, to help with facilitate that, whether it's from, you know, the remote end here um, or, you know, once I get back up there over Thanksgiving, anything, you know, let me know how I can help. Cause I've got the, from the political science aspect of it and the firsthand knowledge living in it down here, you know, I see it. Yeah. So I, I don't know what we'll be able to get together before the election, just knowing how much we already need to do. I'll, I'll give it some thought and talk with some folks. Um, but definitely no matter what happens in this election, I would love to do something with you around the Thanksgiving holiday. Gladly. That'd be great. great. Donna, is there anything else you want, any other message that we didn't get to that you would like our audience to know about? Yes. If I may talk about our candidates. (laughs) Yes. So, so I just wanted people listening to know who they are and what they stand for. um, And I'll just list them off uh, first so we have three voting regions. And so I'm going to go backwards voting region three to two, just because it's easier to explain what they are that way. So our voting region three, and a lot of people don't know what voting region they're in. So I'm going to say this, um, is people who live in Upper Frederick Township and New Hanover Township. There, we hope that you will vote for Matt Hook and Brad Updegrove. In Region 2, which is Douglas Township, Montgomery County, Douglas Township, Berks County, and Boyertown Voting Precinct 2, which are the people who vote at the Boyertown Borough Building. There we have Lisa Hogan and Joe Pachoni. And then in Region 1, which is the Boyertown 1 Precinct, which votes at the Firehouse, plus the boroughs uh, and townships of Bechtelsville, Colebrookdale, Earl, Bally, and Washington, We have a two-year seat uh, where we're hoping to get votes for Michelle Swicefort and a four-year seat where we're hoping to get votes for Krista Arndt. In the other two regions, it will say vote for two. Um, And then, you know, collectively, these people are parents. These people, four of them currently have kids in our schools, which is kind of an outlier for our school board historically. Another one has recent graduates and another one has a preschooler. Um, Several of them have backgrounds in different areas of education, like special education, substitute teaching, teaching history, um, sports coaching. And plus they bring career experience to the table that will let them use their skills in like things like strategic planning and risk management. Um, They are very locally community focused. They do a lot of um, um, community engagement. um, And four of them are Dems and two of them are Republicans. But but because the way the cross-filing process works in in Pennsylvania, um, in the primary, you run on both sides of the ballot. And all of our candidates won on the Democrat ballot. So they will look like Democrats on the ballot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's a, and, and in Boyertown, as you know, that is a bit of a disadvantage. So we are hoping that we can talk to reasonable people, regardless of their party, regardless of even if they have a party, we were hoping to get the word out to independents as well, who are left out of the primary elections in Pennsylvania. Very good. Very good. And there's more information about each of these candidates 
on uh, the Boyertown Area Expression digital news site that I helped to edit. Mm -hmm. I have three separate articles that are dropped tomorrow that will be published tomorrow in the Boyertown Area Expression that were about, came from conversations I had with all six candidates back in April or early May and also that that I used as uh, be inspired recordings for episodes on each of them. And so I encourage anyone who has an interest in learning more about these candidates to go on the Boyertown Area Expression digital news site and or on the Be Inspired podcast that's found on your favorite podcast platform. All of those things will be available to, are, are available right now and will be republished tomorrow. And I'll add, uh, well, I wanted to add that Boyertown Forward also has ways for you to learn about the candidates. So there is a Facebook page, Boyertown Forward. It will link you to the Facebook pages of all the candidates as well. So you can see exactly what they're doing on their own in addition to what we're doing for them with Boyertown Forward. And we have a Boyertown Forward website called boyertownforward.com. So um, if you don't have Facebook, another more ways to learn about these candidates. Now, let me ask you this. How's the volunteerism coming? Um, Are you doing and, this all by yourself? <laughs> Not all by myself, but there are several people who are doing a lot of heavy lifting, but a lot of people who have contributed their time or their talents or their money to help us with mailings and um, getting getting the word out there. So we do have a lot of mailings to do in the last two weeks here before the election and okay. anybody who wants to help just stuff envelopes, just the manual labor of that um, yep. is more than welcome. Um, that is probably our biggest need in these last two weeks. And of course, talking to people. Um, yes. Just talk to people. Not everybody's on social media. Not so, you know, if you yes. if you follow yes. us on Boyertown Forward, tell people about us. Stand at the bus stop. Tell our other parents about us. Yeah. Well, Ross, I would guess we are way over time here. But we can either I make this a long one or make two episodes out of it. Uh, that yeah, that's I easy. So. Yeah, I think probably so. So, anything else, Donna? Uh, not that I can think of now. Thank you for having okay. me. Okay. Actually, one thing I, I we alluded to earlier, Donna, and I don't want to let it go. If I was a voter. And I'm for Moms of Liberty. Besides all the lies that Moms for Liberty tells, what is one of the things that you want to address about yourself that I would be out there talking about now or that you would want to address about Boyertown Forward that is being talked about now that's a negative that you want to correct or address? Well, I guess... Uh, two things. One about their message about parents' rights, that you do have parents' mm -hmm. rights and you're more than welcome, as we said. Second, um, there, there's this, this sense, uh, because people on our board have said it, that there is pornography in our schools. And while all of us agree, the information given to our children should be made available to our children should be age appropriate. There is not pornography in our schools. Yeah. And I guess third, they're, they're distrusting the current board members that are associated with moms for Liberty are also like publicly distrusting administrators and teachers and 
our our staff is so dedicated to our children. There is nothing not to trust. They are a treasured resource to our entire community. So those three things. And, and you know, I think that's one of the most important things. If there are people with open minds, and sometimes there are not, they want to hate, they want to be angry, they want to reject, they want to distrust, those minds are not going to change. But if people would just spend some time getting to know one another, and maybe that is something we can work together on, somehow letting people know more about the people who are teaching and what they're about and who they're about. I think that would be maybe really beneficial. And maybe it's another series of episodes for Be Inspired that I need to start looking at. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Just some uh, upcoming dates that are important today, as of the day we record this Monday, the 23rd is the deadline to register to vote or change your party affiliation if that's necessary. And then a week from tomorrow, Halloween is the deadline to request mail-in absentee ballots. Uh, that is by 5 PM uh, business time on that day. Uh, so that's anybody listening to this and you need to do either of those two. By the time you hear this, you'll be too late to register to vote uh, at least for the election day on November 7th, but not too late to request a mail-in or absentee ballot. Sounds and good. And that is from BoyertownForward.com, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk offline, Donna. Uh, if you need me because of you know, like the tech that I've got to start something with a large virtual audience where people can just join through Facebook or through the link like you joined today, that's a very easy setup, and I'm happy to help facilitate that. And, of course, goes without saying, I'd welcome Jane to partner with me, uh, either at a live location or virtually, whatever we need to do. Okay. Especially if you would want to get the candidates, if you would want to bring the candidates in and let them do a similar thing as a special thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to volunteer Jane. I'll let you know, her do that herself with her own, I know she's busier than one legged lady in an ass kicking contest, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and uh, she asked, we, we were going over our schedules two weeks ago. She look, just looks at me through the camera and go, do you sleep? <laughs> and I'm like, apparently because I missed two meetings because I slept through them. So, but, uh, yeah, anything we can do in this next week, uh, uh I'm, I'm happy. And I know Jane is, but, uh, uh, please let me know. And I'm happy to offer whatever technology I've got on my end to stream something out to the masses. Uh, that that's pretty easy for me, actually. Okay. I'll talk to the candidates. That yeah, sounds good. Do. That's good. Okay. So. All right, everybody. I'm Jane Stahl. I'm Jurgs. We want to thank our, our guest today, Donna U. Savage and Boyertown Forward. Thanks for having and us. And this is Joe Spike now. All right. We'll see you all again. <laughs> <laughs>